a series called Mythbusters, and what we've been trying to talk about is the idea of you. Let me just say this real quick before we get started. You should have seen first service this morning. There were like four people in the whole service, <laughs> and they were tired and annoyed. I, I, I was preaching, they're just like, dude, please just get this over with. So I, now I see where they all are. Okay, um, but we're in, a, we're in a series called Mythbusters, and what we've been trying to talk about is this idea that we have all these different myths that we follow that sound really great, advice maybe we've given to each other or that you've heard, that you've taken, where you think, man, that, you know, that, that's, that sounds pretty good. I, I think I'll do that. And what we've been trying to talk about is while they might sound good, if followed through, can end up, have our lives end up in a situation where we don't want it to end up. And, and the thing that's so incredible is that you don't know, I mean, if, if you're like me and you found yourself at the end of a road or a, a place in your life and you think to yourself, Man, how did I get here? You, you don't know you're lost, like in the process of becoming lost, you only kind of wake up one morning and go, man, my life is whatever. And Daryl's talked about some of these things with Celebrate Recovery and things that, you know, all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, man, I, I have an anger problem. Like, how did that happen? I have marital problems. I got, I got, I'm addicted to this substance. What happened? And see, the thing is about all of us is none of us intend to end up there. We didn't in college go to our first frat party and go, I want to be homeless, woo, you know, and we, we go. It's like you don't start off making decisions thinking, oh, great, I hope someday that I'll lose my job because I'm addicted to alcohol. You don't start a marriage, you know, usually a marriage starts right at this spot right here and they're looking at each other and they love each other and they lovey-dovey-dove each other and they're, and they're holding hands and she's crying, he's crying and they get to the I do part and it's like, I do and until I meet my secretary, then I'm out of here. <laughs> like, no, nobody does that. No, nobody like sits at the top before they head down a road and they go, man, this road ends in destruction. Let's go. And yet over time and time again in our own lives or the lives that we see in others, we go, man, what happened? What happened to them? I can't believe this is going on with their lives because we don't know we're lost and we don't intend to get lost. That intentions, sometimes we, when we think, well, I just, I just intend to do something, we think that's going to save us, and it doesn't. And so this morning, I want to talk about uh, the second myth that we're going to um, talk about this morning, and um, that is, oh, there we go, yeah. don't follow your heart. Don't follow your heart. I'll bet if I were to take a poll in this uh, group, um, you, when you look at the different spots in your life, you would look and you'd go, you know what? The decision, the worst spot I ever got into my life was when I followed my heart, when I just kind of impulsively went after it. And you might have been told that. You might have had somebody in your own life go, you know, dude, just follow your heart. We see it in the movies all the time, right? How many of you have seen a Nicholas Sparks movie? I think that's like five, you know, I think they say that line 600 times in that movie. 
in those movies, right? I mean, it's just the idea that all of a sudden you're so conflicted and you don't know what to do and, and, and oh man, and oh, and then someone says, just follow your heart and you go, I will. Some of your first marriages were because you followed your heart. Oh, he can change. When I get married to him, it's going to be different. I can change him. It's going to work. I, I know. Oh, I just feel it. I, you don't need to raise your hands. It's good. No. Oh, cool. Cool. Totally making me feel uncomfortable. Okay. Right. right. And who has problems with addiction? Yeah. You know. Uh, Right? All these things where you're just like, you're just kind of like, oh man, I think, how many of you heard this? I think I found my soulmate. Oh no. <laughs> Run. <laughs> don't follow your heart. I don't know if we can get to that one, Chelsea. Uh, get to the, uh, I keep blowing it here. So if you can get to that uh, slide. But anyway, uh, so th that's the whole deal. Don't, don't follow your heart. Thank you very much. I'll take over from there, right? So, like, <laughs> isn't that true, though? Oftentimes, we'll look at someone's life, and here's the thing that's so bizarre. Isn't it so easy to see in everyone else? Isn't it so easy to kind of look and just go, mm-mm-mm. I saw that coming a mile away. And yet, we all end up lost. We all end up down this road. What I want to do this morning is uh, read a story that was written by Solomon. Uh, he's the wisest man that he ever lived, and he wrote this book called Proverbs. And the cool thing about Proverbs is um, you, there's a whole bunch of little things in there that you can like put on your fridge or put in your car um, about wisdom and about being foolish and all these things where they're really great nuggets. It's like a Christian Confucius, right? I mean, it's just like one little sentence that says, you know, the wise man does this, the foolish man does this, and, and, they're, and they're awesome. I, Proverbs is just a great book of wisdom. And then there are other um, really great descriptions in Proverbs about what, it, what it's like to seek after wisdom, to truly go after wisdom. And then in the middle of that, in, in verse, uh, chapter 7, which is what we're going to go into, in chapter 7, uh, it, it talks about this story of a guy and how following his heart, where it got him. And what we're going to learn as we read this story is we're going to look and we're going to see all the places where we would normally think, well, I would never do that. And we're going to find all the places where we think, well, that doesn't really apply to me. And we're going to switch them around and go, no, you would do that and it would apply to you if the circumstances were right. So let's look at that. It's in Proverbs chapter 7, starting in, in uh, verse 6. It says this, at the at the window of my house, I looked down through the lattice, and I saw among the simple. Now, I, I don't know if he's just, you know, whatever. I noticed among the young men a youth who had no sense. Now, you're thinking, now, for the youth who are here this morning, you're like, what? Okay, but the reason older people are smarter and wiser is because we were once stupid and had no sense and we made some really bad decisions. And so older people tend to go, hey, you should know, you know, I'm trying to tell you why. You know, did you ever do that? Well, it's not about me. I mean, you know, we, we've seen, we've been around, we've seen it. So it's not that, that Solomon's going after young people. It's just that when you're young, 
you can avoid a lot of the mistakes we're going to be reading about. And so Solomon's up in, the, uh, up, in his, up in his window, and he looks down, and he sees among the simple, and there's among these, these youths, maybe a group of guys, this one guy who's just like, do-do-do, you know, and just kind of going through life, okay? Me in high school. He, see, he looks out, and he sees me in high school. Now watch. Watch what happens. He was going down the street near her corner. All of a sudden, there's this new character introduced into the story. Her. (laughs) Going down to her corner. Walking along in the direction of her house. At twilight, as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in. (laughs) You start to get this thing like, you know, if there, had, if there was a theme song, you know, it's just like, you know, like the Jaws thing, like, man, there he is. And so Solomon's up in his house and he's looking down through the lattice, which is really kind of creepy if you think about it. But anyway, uh, he's up in his house and he's just creeping out and he sees this and it's like, oh, I know where that dude's going. And again, isn't it true that when we're up in our house looking through our lattice at everyone else's lives, we can go, oh, I know where that's going. I know where that's going. Oof, shouldn't do that. And yet, in our own life, we make the same mistakes, sometimes worse mistakes. Sometimes when we get to the end of the road and we realize we're lost, what is the, one of the things that comes through almost all of our minds? How could I be so? No, foolish. We don't use the... the okay. Right, how can I be so stupid? How could I, looking back, you can go, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for some reason, other people around you can look and go, ooh, that isn't a good idea. But in our, something is happening to us, and we're going to get to that in a minute. And so he, he goes down, and, and he's, he's in this environment that he shouldn't be in. However it plays out in your life. Uh, he, you know, I saw someone who were with those friends at that club. I saw somebody who was, uh, you know, um, you know uh, uh, hanging out with those people or whatever. We can see it in other people. It's just hard to see it in ourselves. Now watch. Then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute and with crafty intent. Isn't it true that we always blame the women for all this kind of stuff? Come on now. She's unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street, now in the squares, at every corner she lurks. Now listen, here's a spot in the story where if you're a woman, you're thinking, oh, I know her. I work with her, you know, or whatever. Right? If you're a man, you're just like, where do you work? You know, it's like, it's kind of like this whole, whole thing, you know, where you're, where you're, going, through, you're going through all this. But, but, and, so, and so sometimes we'll remove ourselves from the story. Like, well, I don't, there's no woman down my street that I want to, you know, see dressed like a prostitute. You know, I'd call the cops, you know, whatever, whatever. But look, here's the thing that I think Solomon wants us to get. We all have those things where we kind of skirt over a little bit and just peer into And maybe it's not some lady down the street. Maybe it's an issue with food. Maybe it's an issue with some type of substance. Maybe it's a fantasy. We just kind of let, just kind of go a little more and a little more and a little more. 
And isn't it true that when you're struggling with something, this same thing could be said? It's everywhere. It lurks everywhere, around the street corner here and there. I mean, if you have a food problem, when you walk into a room, it's like, there's the food. You know, if you have a drinking problem and somebody's got a glass of wine on the table, you're like, I see it. You know, there it is. If you have a lust problem, if, you know, whatever, there could be a girl four miles down the road. And you're like, what the, you know, I mean, it's like that thing that gets you is the thing that lurks around every corner. Listen, listen, we will not ever get away from it. To think, la, 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 it's not going to happen to me is foolish. And so here's this woman, this guy, young guy, he starts going down. I wonder if she's working in the yard today. I like her, that garden. She's, I'm just looking at the peppers. I just want to see how they're going and what they're doing. I just want to see, you know, all this kind of stuff. And she ends up and, and she comes out. Now watch this. She comes out to meet him. She's now, now, and says, hey, I, I'm just, I was just minding my own business. Were you? Were you just minding your own business? That's weird that she's coming out to meet you. Watch. Uh, okay, yeah. So she took a hold of him and kissed him and with a brazen face said, today I've fulfilled my vows. I have food from my fellowship offering at home. Ladies, this works, man. I got food from my fellowship offerings at home. What, the, what does that even mean? Right? Like, that doesn't make any sense. You'd never get a man saying that. But at this particular time, at this thing, this was a big deal. Most likely, she was involved in some type of pagan worship. Because what she's describing isn't really part of Israel's method of purification and cleansing and all that kind of stuff. But if she is involved in pagan worship, there's a really good chance that there's all sorts of sexuality like kind of wrapped up in that. So to him, she's getting hotter now because that means something to him. That means like, wow, she's serious about this. She said, today I've fulfilled my vows. I have food from my fellowship offering at home. Now watch what she says. So I came out to meet you. I looked for you. I found you. Now, stop right there. This is one of the problems with following our heart. Because what our heart tells us is, it's all about you. It's all about your needs, your emotions, what you're going through, how, you know, it's all about me. My heart tells me every day, oh, you poor guy, what you're going through, ah, right? Our hearts, this is one of the problems when we start to toy with things that we shouldn't be toying with, our hearts will just go right along and go, oh, I came out to meet you, you poor guy. You didn't know she was like that when you married her. You didn't know he would actually lie to you. You didn't. Oh, well, you, de you deserve this. You can handle this. It's all about you. It's one of the reasons why we don't follow our heart. So she comes out. It's all about you. This dude's stoked. He's thinking, you came out this same thing? I get it. I'm like, All right, cool. Everything's going great for this guy. And then she says, again, kind of weird for us. I've covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. 
she went to bed bath and beyond essentially she got a she got like a nice thing of i mean you know i mean you have to kind of place it in your own thing you know i went to the body works and got these oils or whatever i mean that's kind of i mean again it's funny but you gotta really to read the bible we've got to place ourselves in this situation okay so I've covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt because we'll get, the, the problem is we'll get the temptation to go, I don't even know what she's saying, and we'll dismiss it. Okay, then she says, again, not a line you'd use now, but come, let, let's drink deeply of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. Got the let's get it on music going on in the house. It's starting to get appealing to this guy. And the more she talks... The more he entertains and allows his heart to be spoken to, you can kind of get the sense. It's getting dark. He's at her house. She's an adult. He's an adult. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, yeah, her husband. She's got that covered, too. My husband's not at home. He's gone on a long journey. He took his purse. Well, there's one of the issues we're going to have <laughs> in the marriage, right? Dudes, come on now. You want your wife to stick around? Don't be carrying a purse. Well, it's, I, I did put a picture up so we can get kind of contemporary on it. That's, that's what it looks like. So anyway, I changed the verse, and uh, it says, uh, he took his purse filled with money. His man bag, his man purse, whatever you want to call it. All right. Here's what she's saying. He's not coming home for a long time. Again, isn't this what our heart does to us? Well, what if I get caught? Oh, you'll never get caught. It'll be okay. Listen, here's what our heart probably, I'd say everybody in this room has had our heart say this to us. You can handle it. You can handle it. Most people, those other poor saps, you look out over the lattice and you think, oh, good, among the simple. Me, on the other hand, my heart tells me, nah, dude, you got it, you got it. You can, you can just go look, at the, go look and see the garden. You can go walk around and just kind of see. You can handle it. We listen to our heart. My husband's not at home. He took his mercy. Now watch this. With persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him, not being dressed like a prostitute, not with the, you know, here are the oils and the cinnamon, with smooth talk. Again, we're not raising our hands here, but how many of you, if you really were to listen to your heart, would your heart just say, keep going and going and going? As a matter of fact, oftentimes we count on this with our heart. We know what's wrong, but we allow the emotion. We allow the, the kind of, it's all about you. It's all about you. You poor thing. Oh, I can't believe you went through that. that we allow that to seep in. Here, here's the kind of the point for this morning uh, that you can write down. I, I didn't put it up here, but here's the kind of main point. Your heart is awesome for emotions. It's terrible for decisions. Your heart is awesome for emotions. We need emotions. We want to be passionate about something. We want to desire something. We want to move forward in life. We, we want all these things that are normal things to want. 
man, I want to be loved. I want to be accepted. I want to be wanted. You know, all this kind of stuff. You can't just shut those things off and just say, no emotion out of you, you know? You're like, that's impossible. But it, where it's great for emotion, it's terrible for decision. Because what happens is our heart deceives us and says, you deserve it. You can handle it. You're different than everyone else. You're smarter than them. That's not true. And so with her persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. We do the same thing. This will be the last time. You ever done that one to yourself? This is going to be the last time I ever it's your heart deceiving you. Now watch this. This guy's thinking, yes, husband's not at home. Hey, everything's just playing out exactly. This is why, kind of why, if we're honest, this is why I strolled down the street in the first place. And it's working exactly according to plan. All at once, he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter. This is some of the sexiest language you'll ever see in the Bible. Now, here's what I want us to see about our hearts, okay? We can be fully, fully, fully convinced that this is going to be the greatest thing ever. All the while, it's the worst possible thing you could do. That just frightens me to think about that. I start thinking to myself, are there decisions I'm making this week or last week or whatever where I think I'm headed down a certain path that only to find out at the very end, I go, how did I get here? Like an ox going to slaughter. Look at Solomon uses three things, none of them good, none of them even remotely good. Once he follows her like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces its liver. And you, you, you think about this idea that the deer, when the deer steps into that, that thing and their foot gets caught and they begin to flail around and panic. Now, a deer doesn't have this realization, but we do as humans. All of a sudden, we think, oh, no. And we try to get out of it, and it's too late. And the hunters come, and they just sit back from a safe distance, done. My friend and I, uh, my friend Don, he's been my accountability partner for 20-something years. And we have this game that we play, not a game, but it's just, it's just kind of fun to, to we, we follow the road all the way down. We, we talk about it. <laughs> we follow the road all the way down. So it would go something like this. I'm going on a trip, let's say, when I used to travel. My friend would call me up. We'd talk. I'd say, hey, I'm going on a trip. He's like, okay, you know, here's what you're going to do when you get in the hotel room. Make sure you turn off anything. You can't have the TV on, all this kind of stuff. Okay, God, we got all that kind of stuff. And uh, we don't, you know, because you're setting boundaries. You're setting boundaries. Now you go, man, well, what, what's your problem? Well, when you set healthy boundaries, your problems become less. And so, so then, we, then we go to this. I'm like, dude, can you, imagine, can you imagine having an affair? He'd be like, oh, man. Because we, we, you know, we, we, we tend to, all of us tend to fantasize about things, not just that, all sorts of stuff, but we never follow it all the way through. And so we'll start talking. I'll go, dude, imagine how you'd feel on the plane ride home. Oh, oh, you know, we, we're doing this. Oh, man. Okay. And then, he, then he's going to one up. Oh, no, 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 no. Imagine 
You go to get it, and your wife surprises you at the airport. She's so happy as she's got like, she's like, welcome home. You're like, ah. Okay, no, 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 no. Okay, imagine this, imagine this. Okay, yeah, you get home, and you're trying to tell her about the trip. How's the trip? Ugh. You know, and you got to go through that. And then you get home, and you come out of the car, and your kids are like, daddy. That's what it's like to have an affair. Right? I mean, it's like, don't you just want to, like, oh, man, don't you wish this guy had done that? Don't you wish he'd say, okay, I'm going to head down the house, and then she'll come out, and then, okay, now what happens after the 300 thread count sheet she's got on her bed or whatever, the thing, like, like, what happens after that? And here's the thing, that God... The God of the universe who loves us, loves us, loves us, loves us, is asking us the same thing. Hey, before you take that first drink, let's just go down the road. Before you turn on your computer, before you get involved in that debt, before you buy that thing, let's just kind of follow it through. He's begging us to do that. So it says, he's like this bird darts into a snare, little known. And it will cost him his life. And then Solomon is kind of doing this right now with his sons. This, is, this story is written to his sons. And so he's kind of saying, like, can we follow it through? This, this kid's going to lose his life for this. And, and the thing is, he, you would never think that that's how it was going to play out if you're the guy. So he says this to his sons. Now, then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. He's, he's pleading as someone like, listen, and I would, if I were addressing the youth, I'd say, guys, listen, trust me, I meet with people all the time in my office who are going through whatever you can do, get, steer clear as best you can. Well, I, I'm not going to do anything. Just steer clear. Watch what he says. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. In other words, don't listen to your heart. Your heart's going to tell you you deserve it. Your heart's going to tell you, oh, well, if you knew what I knew about me, you'd, you'd let me do it too. Your heart's going to tell you, oh, man, you poor thing. Your heart's going to tell you you can handle it. I know you. We're like this. You can do it. You're a winner, okay? Your heart is going to get you. Solomon says to his sons, please, Pay attention. Listen, don't let your heart turn to her ways. Again, we can get all caught up in, well, you know, there's nobody on my street like that. There's something in all of our lives that either our flesh or the enemy or something is going to use to try to bring us down and destroy us. And then it's interesting. He says, don't let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. Can't you go all the way back to verse 8? He was going down the street near her corner, walking along the direction of her house. That's all he had to do to stop what was happening, was not go down the street. The problem is, what's wrong with walking down the street? Nothing. No sin in walking down the street at night. There's nothing in the Bible. I looked through the whole thing this week. I read the entire Bible this week. Nothing in there that says you can't stray down the street. It's what was happening in his heart, that was the problem. So he says, don't even stray into her paths. And then watch what he says. This gets to this hard issue of you can handle it, okay? Many 
are the victims she's brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. You think you're strong enough to handle it? Guess what? You're not. I'm not. None of us are. Many are brought down. That's why for some weird reason, it's easier for us to look at each other and say, oh, I wouldn't have done that. Meanwhile, we're completely blinded by our own decisions. We're completely held captive by our own hearts. It says, many are brought down. Her house is a highway to the grave leading down to the chambers of death. Now listen, if, you were, if, I, if I were talking to this kid, okay, and I said, hey, whatever you do, stay away from Martha's house. Uh, you know, her house is a highway to the grave leading down to the chambers of death. That kid would look at me and go, dude, simmer down, okay? It's just, it's just Martha. What did I say her name was? Martha? Okay, whatever. Her name's Martha, okay? Yeah, you, on this side of it, you go, what are you talking about? Because our hearts get us. So what do we do? I, I have a section of scripture I want to read real quick, and then we'll, we'll wrap up. Um, and, and I didn't put the first part of it in uh, up on the, on the wall behind me, but I wanted you to hear this and, and, and kind of get a mental picture. These are the two mental pictures I want you to take into this week as you go back to work and go back to school and go back to your homes and neighborhoods and stuff. Here's what it says, now, and, and pay attention. Now. Cursed is the man, is the one who trusts in man. Now, when we read that, or at least when I do, I think, that's right, man. I'm not going to trust in Congress, or, you know, I'm not going to trust in, you know, the man, <laughs> right? right? You know, the corporations and all that. That's right. All this is saying is, Cursed is the one who trusts in himself. If you're looking to yourself to get all your info, it's a bad, bad way to get information about yourself. Oftentimes, the best information we get about ourselves doesn't come from ourselves. It's hard to hear a lot of times, right? Which is why we try to avoid it, which is why we get isolated. But here's what the Bible says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man who draws strength from mere flesh and whose heart turns away from the Lord. This is the natural progression. The more I look to myself for my strength, the more I look to others for strength, the more I turn my heart away from God. Now watch this word picture. If you want, you can close your eyes and just kind of visualize this. That person will be like a bush. Picture a bush in the wastelands. Now whatever you think of a wasteland, you know, it's like think of a bush in the wasteland. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert. And just picture that desert. And this is one little bush in the middle. The little heat things, like, you know, that, I don't know what they call them, but heat waves or whatever that you can see when you look in the distance. There's this parched land, this desert land, and in the middle is this little bush. And then he goes on. In the salt land where no one lives. Now picture those salt flats where they race motorcycles and stuff like that. It's white. It's just desolate. And there's this one little bush. That's me out there when I trust in myself. That bush you see, the one that's all jacked up and has no hope of anything, that's me when I trust in myself. That's us when we trust in what we can accomplish, what, what we can set our own boundaries and kind of, that, that's us. We're isolated and we're dying. And he goes, Jeremiah goes on. 
But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water. And you talk about opposites. I mean, I mean, someone who trusts in God, who's like, you know, I want you speaking into my life, not me speaking into my life. I want you. That's like, you're like a tree now, planted by the waters that send out its roots into the stream. I mean, you can just kind of picture those roots just going down and just, you just think that, man, that tree's going to live forever. I mean, it just goes on. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. Cursed is the one who trusts in himself or in man. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. And then Jeremiah writes this kind of famous thing of Scripture. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? The heart is deceitful and beyond cure. It's deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Now, listen, when you read that, you're just like, well, come on, my heart's, my heart's not this. I mean, okay, sometimes I like, trick myself, but let's not go crazy and say it's deceitful above all things and beyond cure. This is the warning God has for us as we just try to figure it out ourselves. You say, well, what do you do? It's found in the next verse. So cool. So you got this heart that's deceitful and all this kind of stuff. The Lord, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind. See, I don't know if you've ever felt this way before or not, where you know your heart's fooling you. And you don't really want to listen to God because God examines the heart and examines the mind and says, wait a minute, you said this, but that doesn't square up. You, ever, you guys ever have, like I have a bunch of different friends. You ever, when you want to make a bad decision, do you have the one friend you're going to call because you know he, that dude's so stupid, he don't even know, he'll say yes to anything, right? And so you're thinking, man, I really don't know what to do. I really don't know what to do. You know what to do. You just, you just are going down the other thing. Oh, yeah, I, I would probably be fine. So you go in there and you're like, hey, Chuck. He's just like, hey, how's it going, man? Follow your heart. Okay, thanks. Blam, done. And then how many of us have those friends who are like, I ain't calling him. He's going to tell me. He's going to deal. This back conversation will go for an hour and a half. He'll tell me everything, I, you know, all my problems and what I did. I don't want to call him. Praise God for those friends. Because God is using them to break through our deceitful heart and to speak the truth to us. And so God, through his word, through community, I mean, I mean unfortunately, the church has turned into, I'm going to find out all your faults and point them out to you instead of, look, we're on a journey together, all with hearts that are going to deceive ourselves if we get isolated. We call them community groups. Let's get into a group where we can just kind of share. Look, I'm thinking about this, and people can go, man, that's not a good idea. Do you, that, don't, don't do that. Let, let's pray about it. Let's wait. Let's be, our, our hearts don't wait. Our heart says, credit card, bam, I want it. 
I need it. I have to have it. Sure, it wasn't invented six months ago, but I'm totally lost without it now. That's our heart. God says, I, the Lord, I search the heart. Now, here's what happened to me this week as Jason comes back up. So I was going before the Lord on some issues uh, and uh, just praying and asking God about some stuff just in my own personal life. And I made the mistake, don't do this, of asking him his opinion. You don't ever want to do that when you want to get a certain answer, okay? Don't seek the Lord. That's what your heart is for, okay? And I said, Lord, what's going on? And the Lord said to me, you don't trust me. And I'm thinking, I'm a, pa- dude, I'm a pastor. I get paid to trust you. I trust you more than you'll ever know. I trust you. I, I get... I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm Pastor John, trustworthy, trusting, all-knowing pastor. Do you get that? You know, obviously I'm joking. But I just started going through and I just started analyzing, like, man, what, why, how come I am worried about this? You don't trust me? Well, how, come I, how come I am going through, yeah, you don't trust me? I'm thinking to myself, wow, I don't trust him in these certain areas. Now listen to me, that's difficult to hear. And you might be hearing something else. You might, someone, God might be telling you, you're just foolish or whatever. It's hard to hear, but what are my chances now of walking down a road where I get to the end and I go, how did I get here? They slim down, don't they? So no, you know what, I, got, I, think I, I think I'm not trusting the Lord in this issue. I'm gonna now go down this path. I'm not gonna trust in myself or in man or in anything else. I'm gonna go down this path. 